Sunday afternoons out in the car doing crossword puzzles. Now, this is not child abuse. I'm not saying that. But it was not fun. It was not fun, but it was fun to break for parents. I like parents now. But I still find this out a little bit confusing. It seems like they like to turn good news, but they all, into bad news. Why is that? But we're looking at discipleship right now. So what did Jesus teach about Sabbath rest? Well, it shouldn't surprise you that Jesus kept the Sabbath. Of course, he was Jewish. And in fact, he kept it perfectly because he's God. And his disciples kept the Sabbath too. Remember, they waited until Sunday morning to bring the perfumes and spices to the tomb. They kept the Sabbath. But the Pharisees, those law guys, they didn't think that Jesus kept the Sabbath well at all. He had to defend his disciples when they were hungry and a little bit of grain from the field that he had. That was work. Oh no. And worst of all, first of all, Jesus healed a lot of people on the Sabbath. That killed the Pharisees. They literally they said, he's, he's healing on the Sabbath, we need to find a way to kill him. It's crazy. With other laws, Jesus often would turn them into something like impossible to do. You have heard it said, but I say. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You have heard it that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Wow. He made those things super hard. In fact, impossible. But the Sabbath was different. Jesus recognized that rather than a day of rest, Sabbath had become a burden. So he declared, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And Paul told the Gentile Christians in Colossae, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that are to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. <laughs> so, Paul says, Jesus, we're not really required to practice Sabbath to follow Jesus, but if we're his disciples, and we want to do what he did, we should remember the Sabbath and do our best to keep it holy. But I'm going to say, we don't need to rigidly adhere to a bunch of rules. So, if you are a Sabbath keeper, don't judge other people by your rules. This verse says, don't let anyone judge you. If you keep complete silence saying on Saturday, don't judge people who are talking. If you keep your Sabbath on Saturday, don't judge people who keep Sabbath on Thursday. No rules, except just one. When we look back at the one, then it says it's in six days, six days you shall labor and do all your work on the seventh day, is the Sabbath of the Lord, I mean, you shall not do any work. That's the rule. No work. That's pretty simple. Being human, we want more definition. That's work. Like kids or dogs, we're <laughs> pushing and seeing what we can get away with. But here's, here's the really thing you always have to go through. If you choose to keep the Sabbath, don't do anything that needs to be done. If it needs to be done, don't do it. It's a little crazy. But otherwise, you start looking at your God. Everything depends on me. If I don't push and pull and worry, it's not all going to be done on time. <laughs> Guys, God's in charge. God's 
if you're upset with somebody. The Bible says not to bear false witness. And I know that I have been in churches where sometimes one person would speak against another and they were bearing a false testimony because what they were saying was not true. They've never been verified. I remember the first church where I was serving. If somebody stopped coming to church out of the listen, it was a lot harder to bring somebody in than it was to try to keep somebody that had been disgruntled. I found out that there was one lady that was upset with me, so I, I needed a lot. So I went to visit her and I said, You know, there seems to be a problem. What is it? She said, Well, I was in the hospital and he did not visit me. And I said, Well, I didn't know that you were in the hospital, nobody told me. She said, well, I assumed that you knew. And I said, I'm very sorry, but I did not know. If I had known, I would have been there with you. Well, she came back into the church. I guess uh, she was no longer upset. The problem, the problem was a misunderstanding. She didn't verify the facts first. I have permission to talk about my wife today because I asked her ahead of time. But, you know, uh, this last week, we were riding in the car. And I said something, and I saw the look on her face like she was about to get upset with me. And I said, hold on a minute, just a minute. I don't know exactly what I said, but I can guarantee you that whatever I said, I didn't mean it the way that you're interpreting it now. And I said, what you need to do is to ask first. And say, husband, what did you mean by that? And she initially tried to, to speak again. I said, no, no, no. Husband, uh, what did you mean by that? She said, okay. She said, husband, what did you mean by that? And let me tell you. And I said, no, 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 no. You're missing the point here. First of all, you have to give me the chance to explain before you help me out. And so we, we both laughed at it. That's why I'm here today. I can tell that story. But it's important to understand the facts about what has happened. And so if somebody has offended you are, you have offended someone else, Jesus said, go to that person and solve the problem. So, forgiveness is unlimited. There is no limit to the number of times that you're supposed to forgive someone. There is no verse that is not as well known as Jesus said, but he said, if somebody sins against you seven times in a day, you should forgive them every one of those times. Seven times in a day, that's, that's kind of a lot. Even I don't do that many times usually in a day. Sometimes I do, but most often I'm not. And then Jesus said, the Peter asked him, he said, Lord, uh, how many times should we forgive somebody? And Seven times, what Peter said. That was the typical Jewish response. They would forgive somebody seven times. Jesus said, no, forgive them seven times, seven. Four hundred and ninety times. I'm not a mathematician, but even I can figure that out. Now, let's say if somebody wins the right kind of sheep and a more forgiveness. They forgive four hundred and ninety times. Even that's not God has forgiven so much for us. 
we need to be willing to forgive other people. Jesus told the story, the parable of the great devil. There's a man that had a great debt before the king. And so as he looked for the king, the king demanded his money, and he said, I'm sorry, but I don't have the money. Please forgive me because I don't want to go to jail, in prison, and my family will suffer. And the king took pity upon him and forgave his debt. Well, that same man went out, there was another man that owed him a much lesser amount. God said, well, I'm sorry, but I don't have the money. He said, well, he grabbed him, and he said, you're going to go to debtor's prison, and you're not going to get out until the last gift has been paid. Well, the king found out about that. And he called the first man before him again. He said, you owe me a great debt that I have paid. And I found out that somebody else owed you a small amount, and he did not forget. He said, now you're going to go to prison, and you're going to pay off the last amounts. See, the point is, you and I owe a greater debt to God. We sin each and every day. God can forgive our sins not once, 490 times plus. We need to be willing to forgive one another. Jesus said in Matthew 6, if you do not forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Look at how important that is. Your forgiveness before God depends upon your ability to forgive other people. I guess we're blessed in this church. We have three people that are lawyers or happy lawyers. But even if our lawyers got together to try and find a loophole for this, they would not. There is no loophole. If you are unwilling to forgive others, neither can you accept that God is going to forgive you. God, what is that? It's absolutely essential that we be willing to forgive. And then, we are to forgive and to forget. Hebrews 10, 17 says, their sins of lawlessness I will remember no more. God will no longer remember our sins. That doesn't mean that God is absent. Of course God remembers all the things that we do, but God forgives us and He does not hold that against us and He doesn't remind us again and again. There's a story told about a priest in the Philippines. When he was young, he sinned greatly. And it always bothered him and he became a priest. And he found out that there was a lady in the church that reportedly saw visions and she spoke even to Christ. And so he went to her and he said, Well, the next time you speak to Jesus, would you ask him about what sin it was that your priest committed when he was in seminary long ago? So she said, well, I will. The next time he saw her, he asked, so did you talk to Jesus? And she said, yes. And did you ask him what sin your priest had committed? She said, yes. And what did he say? He, she said, uh, he told me he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. 
In verse 13, 5, it says, True love keeps no record of wrongs. That is, if we forgive somebody, we should not bring that up again and again. And today I'm going to talk about this, Jane. I don't usually talk about her. She's such a sweet and gentle person. Uh, but today I will. So what I'm telling you, Jane, is that if your husband does something that is really dumb, it's probably pretty often, if he does something that's really dumb, it is okay for you to fuss at him for doing that. Because you're condoning somebody who may have think I'm sure you've done that a lot. And in fact, uh, you know, there's so many things you can't even remember them all anyway, because there's nobody has that kind of one on the women. But when you talk to him, you are not to go into history about what he did in the past. All of those are to be forgiven. And about that, I hear people say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. That's a pretty good indication that you really have not forgiven. Of course, they're always going to be there. You, you learn by going through painful experiences with people, and you learn who you can depend upon and who you cannot depend upon. You don't keep bringing those things up again and again. God forgives us once and for all. Hebrews says, Jesus does not have to die again and again every time we sin. He died once for all for all of our sins. There's forgiveness. And then, with true forgiveness, don't hold on to the anger. You know, Paul said, be angry, but sin not. He said, don't let the sun go down on your Luke 6 28. It says to pray uh, uh, with forgiveness and do good. And so it's a pretty good indication. If you see somebody that has harmed you, or you say, Well, I'm not forgiven, but you see them on the street and you're angry, that's an indication that you really have not forgiven. The anger is still there. There's no forgiveness in your heart. It is important for us to build relationships with one another. The story told about two brothers that were both farmers. And 40 years they got along with each other, they helped each other, they encouraged each other, they shared, they worked with each other. But then one day there was a little mind misunderstanding. And it grew and became bigger and bigger. Finally, there were some harsh words spoken on both sides. And they just uh, decided not to have anything to do with each other again. They were side by side in their form, but they were not going to be having that relationship any longer. One day, there was a carpenter that showed up at the house of the older brother. And he said, I, I need a little work. Do you have something that I can build? And he said, yes, I do. He said, you see that creek over there? On the other side is my brother's farm. And he's even dug out the creek to make sure that we can't get on the inside. He said, I want to honor that. Well, I wish you build the wall so that I don't have to even look at this place anymore. The carpenter said, well, I understand. 
that uh, showed where the folks told him where the song had started. Well, uh, the farmer had to go to town, but when he came back, he was shocked to find out that he had not built the wall that was said he built a bridge over the creek. And coming across the bridge was his younger brother. The younger brother said to me, you know, brother, after the things that I said and did, I can't believe you're wanting to break down the barriers. But he said, it's time now. And so they met in the middle of the bridge and they helped each other. And the relationship was restored. And the anger was done away with And then the carpenter began to pick up all this stuff. And the old brother said, well, I got some more work for you to do. And he said, well, I'm sorry, but I got some more bridges to do. to know the riches between one another, not hold on to the anger. The anger keeps us from a relationship with God. And now, the next thing is, a lack of forgiveness keeps us from worshiping God. You come here to worship God every Sunday, but you cannot worship God if you have a broken relationship with one other person. First John, read the book of First John, the whole book is about relationships. And, and what it's saying there is that if you have a broken relationship with someone else, you cannot have a right relationship with God. So you, you say that you hate your brother that you see, and you love God that you have not seen. If that is the case, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Can't have the right relationship with God and a broken relationship with someone else. Jesus said in Mark 11 25, He said, If you pray and you hold something against someone, forgive them. So the only way you can start your prayer if you have a broken relationship is to start out by forgiving the person that you feel has offended you. Then Jesus said, if you're bringing your offering to the altar and you remember that somebody else has something against you, you don't have a broken relationship with them. They're the one with a broken relationship, but it's your responsibility to go to them and make right the relationship. And then Jesus said, after that has been taken care of, then come back. Bring the altar. I don't usually tell people this, not give the altar. We're taking up an offering today. But I'll say this to you. If there's another person that you have a broken relationship with, do not give the offering. Jesus said you can't give it in the right way. You can't worship God in that way if somebody has a broken relationship with you. Paul said, as much as is possible within then live in peace with all people, and especially those of the household of believers. Now, sometimes there's nothing you can do. Some people just don't like, maybe they don't like the way that you look, or the way that you walk, or the way that you act, or something that you say. You can't always solve those, but as much as possible, as life within you, in the peace of all men, especially with other Christians. There's one final lesson 
about purpose, and that is that God has Several times in the Bible it says, this battle belongs to the Lord. Somebody's hurt you, has offended you, your natural instinct is to figure out some way of getting back at them. I have felt that sometimes. I have behaved in a non-Christian way in that regard. But it says in Numbers 14, God does not leave the guilty unpunished. That means God's going to take care of it. It's not your responsibility. This matter belongs to the Lord. And if you're holding on to the anger with the idea of getting revenge against somebody else, you're trying to do God's job. That's his responsibility, not yours. Paul says in Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, but leave room for, for God's wrath. Or it is written, Vengeance belongs to the Lord. You know, even now, I'm this, but I've actually had a few people that didn't like me. <laughs> I couldn't understand it either. <laughs> but you know, oh, well, I, there's, there's no thorns in the flesh here in this church. A couple of swears, no thorns in the flesh. But you know, I have found in life that if there was somebody that, you know, just sorry, didn't even want to see them in the morning, went on to work or whatever, God always took care of Some way or another, even God moved them out. Cases that God took them to be with him. Sometimes it, uh, that can be a blessed addition. <laughs> an addition to heaven, not necessarily here, but you know, God, God's going to take care of and if they have done something wrong to me, God's going to see to the revenge. It is His job that is not their job to do. I want to see you today how important the this is. Think about whether you have a broken relationship with somebody and do everything in your power to make it right. And be willing in your heart to forgive. Forget, not be angry. And leave it to the Lord to take care of. And make sure that it's something that you should have been angry about. Maybe uh, they had nothing to do with them. The Bible tells us a lot about people that forgave. Joseph forgave. His brothers threw him into a pit. They sold him into slavery. He went and became a slave. And then he was thrown into prison. But later on, by God's grace, God's hand was upon him. He became the second most powerful man in all Egypt. His brothers that had done the same because there was a drought and they needed food. And when he saw them, instead of taking revenge upon them, he forgave his brothers. He said, You planned this for evil. God planned this for good. Sometimes you may face a hurt from somebody. God has planned something good in your life, a way that He could use you because of it. Jesus was beaten, was nailed to a cross. Instead of raining down fire upon them, instead of uh, taking the revenge that He could, He said, He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Satan followed that example. 
First Peter, he was preaching about Christ. And he took up stones to stone him to death. He said, Father, do not lay this charge against him. It is finally important that you and I forgive. I think that's the heart of the gospel. It is the heart of our relationship with God. Let us be a people that forgives. Gracious God, thank you for this time that we spend together. Thank you for your word. Pray that we might take your word and apply it to our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray this. Morning.